listening to The Gathering Church Podcast, located in Asheville, North Carolina. The Gathering is a place where you can belong before you believe. To find out more, visit gatherashville.org. Well, welcome. Welcome, everybody. We're so honored you're here. Uh, It's so good to have you with us today. If you're standing up in your living room, you can go ahead and be seated. And and as we get started today, um, if it's your first time joining us at the Gathering Church, we are so honored to have you. We're so happy that you're here. Thank you for logging on. If you're watching us on online on YouTube or Facebook or whatever it might be, go ahead and follow or subscribe so that you can be a part of this family as we go forward. And Man, we just hope that um, you, you're able to come into this place and at least be able to sense a little bit about who we really are, that we are a church uh, that, is, that wants you to feel at home, that this is a place where you can belong even before you believe, that you can find a family to go through life with and where you can really learn to walk a simple spiritual path to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. We're so honored to have you with us today. We're wrapping up a series called Toxic Today. And as we wrap this up today, I want to let you know that we've got a series coming starting next week I'm really excited about. I've been praying a lot over it and preparing for it. It's called Kingdom Come. And we're going to be talking about the kingdom of God. Jesus spent a lot of his time here on earth describing the kingdom of God and doing everything he could to help us understand the kingdom of God. And so we'll be learning from that and studying that over the next couple of weeks. So make sure you come back next week for that. But today, we're wrapping up this series, Toxic, because we've been living in some toxic times, and that's infiltrated our culture and our relationships, and it's infiltrated our mindsets. Today, we're going to talk about toxic mindsets and how we can find freedom from them. I've noticed a rise in toxic mindsets lately. Maybe you've felt it. In fact, I think it's universal. The Asheville Citizen Times newspaper ran a story last weekend about how to manage anxiety and depression during the pandemic. And they reported in that article that in a typical year, 11% of the people in North Carolina report symptoms of anxiety and depression in a given week. For every week since April, 33% of our state has reported feeling these things, and that is just the people who admit it. Those who admit it has increased by 200% during this pandemic. We are living in stressful times, and it's causing us to break down in a number of ways. I think we see toxic mindsets play out in a couple of different areas. I think one toxic mindset that we're seeing is divisiveness. Divisiveness. I've spent a lot of time here over the last few weeks because it's a real problem right now, divisiveness. We're more convinced than ever that anyone who disagrees with us is our enemy. This spirit of divisiveness is born in a divisive mindset that says everyone around me is wrong and it's my job to fix them. In an election year, we see this rising up more than ever. And I think an election year coming out of a pandemic, the divisiveness that happens in our communities, in our families, in our homes, in our churches is worse than ever. We are breeding division in these places, and it is leaking out of just division and into bitterness. Another toxic mindset that we're seeing right now is bitterness, bitterness. 
We're seeing more and more of a spirit of bitterness in people. And it's coming from so many different places, but I think that a lot of it is rooted in all the things that we've lost. I mean, we've lost a great deal during this season. Small things and large things. And we've been divided and we're, we're upset with other people. And, and we're, we're, we're coming up to big issues that we're trying to confront together, but in all the wrong ways. And, and it's causing us to become bitter. Without a clear enemy to aim our bitterness towards, we've just focused it on one another. And bitterness, no matter who it's directed at, harms nobody as much as it harms us. Bitterness steals our joy and hijacks our peace and consumes our thinking. Uh, having, uh, allowing bitterness to exist in your heart is like drinking poison and waiting for someone else to die. It is harmful and it hurts us. And the more bitterness is allowed to foster inside of us, the more it leaks into our hearts and feeds into other things like another toxic mindset that exists widespread right now, and that is anxiety. 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 There's a great deal to be anxious about right now. And people are anxious and nervous and afraid and worried, and they don't have as many outlets for that worry. Now, I will say that uh, as I talk about anxiety and depression, I think there's a, a couple of different categories that it always falls into. Sometimes anxiety and depression are long-lasting, rooted in our childhood, rooted in sin, rooted in, in things that exist inside of us that we've got to work really hard to get out. And that kind of anxiety needs a lot of intentional attention. It needs serious digging. It needs professional help. You might need medication to overcome anxiety and depression at, a, at that level. But I think there's another kind of anxiety and depression that rise up in moments like this that's situational. That's what happens when we give ourselves over to divisiveness, bitterness, fear, nervousness, the worry that comes from every angle in a season like this. And it's worse when it's universally shared. Every day we are being fed more and more reasons to be filled with anxieties. Can you relate to that? I wonder if you're waking up at night sweaty, heart racing, trouble breathing, and you don't know what's going on. Anxiety is taking root in your heart and it's working its way into your body. And anxiety starts out in our minds and then it often leaks down into our souls. And that's where it transforms into something called depression. Maybe you're depressed. You can't get out of bed. You can't get motivated. You're constantly plagued with thoughts of hopelessness. In your heart, you're beginning to believe that life never really will get better. Things are too impossible to ever improve. Nothing is good. Maybe you've lost so much in the last year that you've started to lose all value in yourself. Maybe you're starting to believe the lie that you never had any value to begin with. Maybe you're beginning to believe that so dangerous lie that this world is better without you in it. Or maybe you're not thinking much about anything at all. You're just lying in bed, sleeping as much as you can and moving in slow motion through anything else. I understand. 
In fact, I understand the struggles of a toxic mindset better than most because I've lived through it. As a young man in my early 20s, I struggled with severe depression. I was single and in the Coast Guard and not a Christian, and I had, I had spent much of my life with low self-esteem, you know. Uh, I, I, I struggled in middle school and high school, and, and by the time that I, I had grown into a, a late teenager, early 20s, I began to really believe that not only was my self-esteem low, but I just believed that I didn't really have any value. I struggled to get out of bed every day. I hated myself. I drank a lot to try and drown it out, which only made myself it made me hate myself more. I was mean to people because I was so filled with bitterness. I hated myself for the way that I treated people, for the way people thought of me, for the reputation that I was building. In fact, I really just kind of hated myself for everything. When I was 20 years old, I began to believe that the world would be a lot better without me in it. I just thought that I only brought pain into the lives of people around me, that that I believed I was just a loser, that I lost, I lost things on behalf of others. I lost things on behalf of myself. All I knew how to do was lose. I believed it in my heart. And I first began to have thoughts of taking my life in fall of that year. By spring, I made the decision that I was going to do it. One night in my apartment, I decided to follow through. I put a gun to my head and I pulled the trigger. The gun misfired. It didn't work. The bullet didn't go off. And I had time to think, a short time to think about that after. I mean, I, I spent a few nights after that just crying on the floor of my apartment, wondering what happened now, why I couldn't even, even succeed in this. And it was only a few weeks later, just a few weeks later, that I gave my life to Jesus and began a road to find freedom from the depression I had lived with for so long. I share that story with you today just to let you know that I understand what it means to live in a toxic mindset and I know exactly the direction it can go. And that's why I believe it is so important to do whatever it takes to detox your mind and get healthy mentally. This time, this season... This year has been so hard for all of us. It's been hard for me. I've felt that familiar numbness of depression creeping in. In fact, I've been going to see a counselor twice a month since June to make sure I don't go back there again. I felt like giving up at times. I felt like it was too much to carry at times. I've carried so much stress, it started to manifest in my body. I understand what it means to have a toxic mindset. But... For months now, I have been working hard to detox my mind, to get healthy, and to reset those things to something better. We've lost so much, and I believe that here, today, right now, wherever you're listening, wherever you're watching, that it's time to make the choice to change the narrative. There's a story we can learn from in 1 Samuel chapter 30. Look at verse 1. It says, David and his men reached Ziklag on the third day. Now the Amalekites had raided the Negev and Ziklag. They had attacked Ziklag and burned it, and had taken captive the women and everyone else in it, 
both young and old. They killed none of them, but carried them off as they went on their way. And when David and his men reached Ziklag, they found it destroyed by fire, and their wives and sons and daughters had been taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. David's two wives had been captured, Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of their sons and daughters. But David found strength in the Lord his God. And then David said to Abiathar the priest, the son of Ahimelech, bring me the ephod. And Abiathar brought it to him. I want to talk about getting your ephod on today. I think it's important for us to get, I think it's time for you to go in the closet right now, wherever you are, and get that ephod out. Dust that thing off. It's about to be ephod time this morning. David was going through a moment of loss and bitterness and pain, an unexpected trial. Does it sound familiar to you? Maybe you can relate. Your village hasn't been raided, and your two wives haven't been stolen, but I wonder what has been. Maybe your plans for the year. Maybe your big moments. Your first birthdays, first day of school, going away to college for the first time, starting a new job, a big move, a big trip, an anniversary moment. Something has been taken from you this year, and you might feel like your village has been raided, like everything you wanted is now gone. We've lost a great deal during this season. Maybe you lost a lot before this season, and now this has all just made it worse. And you've lost your peace and your joy and your sense of purpose. David and his men wept until they didn't have any more strength left to weep. I wonder, are you in that place yet? Have you mourned until you feel completely empty? We're going to learn from David this morning. Because David found strength in the Lord his God, and I believe that you can too. I believe a strength is available to you that can detox your mind and restore to you what you have lost in this year. Verse 18 says, David recovered everything the Amalekites had taken, including his two wives. Nothing was missing, young or old, boy or girl, plunder, or anything else they had been taken. David brought everything back. I believe you can recover what has been taken from you in this year. Now, I know that some things are gone and they're just gone. Some moments are gone. Some, some, some important things may be gone that you won't be able to get back this year. I understand that. But I also believe that in this year, perhaps you've lost your purpose. You've lost your joy. You've lost your peace. You've lost your understanding of who you were made to be. Perhaps in this year, you've lost more than just circumstances and moments. And I believe those things are not out of reach for you. They're not beyond recovery for you. And I believe that God still has those things in mind for you. It's time to take it back. Here's how we're going to detox our minds and take back what's been stolen from us. Number one, number one, let's get practical. First, you've got to control your thoughts. Control your thoughts. It may sound obvious, but our toxic 
mindsets begin in our minds. The battle begins in your thoughts. The battle is fought. The battle is won. The battle is lost in your thought life, in your mind. If you're going to take back what's been taken from you, it has to start by taking back your thought life. So many of the toxic mindsets that we have start with a single thought. One thing that we entertain and we allow to sit and to fester and it grows and it grows and it snowballs and it goes from being one toxic thought to an entire toxic mindset. I have a really simple process for resetting my thoughts and resetting my mind that I've been using since I was 21 years old, ever since I first started to fight freedom, fight for freedom from the depression that I suffered from. And I still use it today, and it works. I built it from 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. It says in verse 3, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. Now, I think a lot of people feel hopeless right now. A lot of people feel like they've got no way out. They've got no way forward. They don't know how to change what they're thinking, what they're feeling right now. And that may be true for a lot of people in this world. But Christian, we do not wage war the way the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish Stronghold. I don't know if there's a, a, a verse in Scripture that gives me the chill bumps as much as that one. Because how much does your enemy want you to believe that just like the rest of this world, you are hopeless and you can't beat it and there's nothing you can do to get away from this or to get over this or to get beyond this and this is just how you are and it's how you think and it's what you're trapped in and it's your circumstances. How could your mind improve if your circumstances don't improve? But you have divine power available to you to demolish strongholds. We do not wage war the way the world does. On the contrary, we demolish arguments and every pretension, that means lie, every lie that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. The system that I have is very simple. I take captive every thought and I make it obedient to Christ. The first thing to remember is that you do not have to fight your toxic mindset alone. If you follow Jesus, then you have the same power available to you that raised Jesus from the grave. So it doesn't matter how dead you feel inside. It doesn't matter how hopeless it seems. It felt pretty darn hopeless on Saturday, but on Sunday, the tomb opened and Jesus came out. The same power is available to you. It, it may seem impossible to defeat those thoughts that are constantly turning your mind from healthy to toxic. But impossible is not a word in the language of God. There is nothing impossible for Him. God has given you divine power to demolish these strongholds. John 8.44 says the enemy is a liar and the father of lies. And when he lies, he speaks his native language. He tells you lies every single day that sound like the truth. He's telling you that you can't make it. 
He's telling you that this is too hard, that that person is the problem, that those people are the problem, that that group is the problem. He's telling you to focus your anger on people that you've been called to love and bring the gospel message to. He's telling you to drive division between the church that you've been called to serve. He's telling you to let yourself fall into that hopeless pit and never get out of it again because what's the point? He's lying to you every opportunity that he can. He's telling you that it's too hard, that you should just give up, that you should never forgive, that your anger is justified, that your bitterness is earned. He's telling you that you have no value, that you have no more purpose. These are lies. These are lies, and these lies don't have to have power over you anymore because you have divine power to demolish the strongholds these lies are creating. Call on the power of the Holy Spirit to demolish every lie that sets itself up against the power of God. Here's a simple exercise, and I do it still multiple times every week. All you need is a spiral notebook. Now, maybe you're fancy, and you go get a leather journal or a moleskin. I am not fancy. I get a spiral notebook because they're cheap. They come in packs of three, and you can burn through them as quick as you want, and they, go, they get filed away easily. Spiral notebook, take it, get a page, Draw a line down the middle of the page. On one side, you write lies, and on the other side, you write truth. And begin to circle those lies and those thoughts in your mind that lead you to dark places. As those lies pop up, this is all hopeless. It's never going to get any better. No, that's a lie. That's the enemy right there. He's lying to me right now. That is a lie. I'm going to go write that down in my notebook. I go and I get my notebook. I write it down in the lie column. Whatever the lie is, write it down. And on the other side, you just write the truth. It's such a simple exercise. Maybe it sounds silly, but I think there's, there's, there's a little bit of power between seeing it on paper and with a label that says what it is. Uh, sometimes we can kind of in our heads go, God said, we hear a lie that says you've got no more purpose. And we think that's, that's a lie. That's not true. But there's something, something about it that it's hard for us to shake. And when you look down and you see it on paper, labeled as a lie, and then right next to it you write, God says, I was created with a purpose that never changes, that it, that is, that it never shifts. He says, I, I knew your purpose when I created you. We start to write down some of the truth that we know out of Scripture. And maybe even add a Bible verse in there. I think if you're studying Scripture every day, you're going to start to know some of these verses. But if, if you're still new to it, just Google it. Google purpose Bible verse. See what comes up. Find some truth and write it down in that other column. On one side, write the lie. On the other side, write the truth. Circle the lies and the thoughts in your mind that lead you to those dark places. Write them down and then make them obedient to Christ. You can put the truth in front of you. If you can start to do this as a regular practice, it'll start to become a habit. You'll be moving through your day and that lie of hopelessness will come up again. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to circle that because I know that's a lie. Because, in fact, the, the Bible tells me that I, we, we don't grieve like those who don't have hope. I've got a ton of hope. Like, I can grieve this season and grieve it, but I don't grieve like people that don't have hope because I know that Jesus is going to make everything right again. So I'm going to take that lie and I'm going to capture it and make it obedient to Christ. It's just a real simple process. It's a plan that works, and it starts to reset your mindset when you control your thoughts. It becomes a habit, and it helps you to detox your mind. Number two, number two, number one is control your thoughts. Number two, 
Let someone in. Let someone in. I'll, so back to the story of David in 1 Samuel chapter 30. David is, they've been living in this place, Ziklag, in a foreign land. This is the season when he's running from Saul. And a lot is going on in the context of this passage. But what you know is that David and his soldiers that are with him, his companions, they come back to their home to find that their home is gone. That they've lost it. They've lost everything. That their wives, their children, they've been taken. And their homes have been burned. He's lost a lot. And so has the people around him. Verse 4 says, David and his men wept aloud until they had no more strength left to weep. I wonder if you've taken any time in this season to mourn what you've lost. Mourning is an important part of healing. And I think when we mourn, it is helpful to mourn with someone else, especially someone else who has lost something. Maybe you've been down because you've lost a lot in this season, but you haven't said it out loud to your spouse yet. You've both lost similar things, but you haven't talked to one another about it. As a result, you're starting to resent one another. You don't want to admit it. We, we don't mourn because we think it's better to distract ourselves or it's better to keep on going or, or we're going to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps or, or we're just going to keep ourselves occupied or nobody wants to hear our story or, or I don't want to upset my spouse or they don't want to upset me. But sometimes when you've both lost a lot, it's important to sit down and weep aloud together. It's going to help you shift your toxic mindset if you can really begin to understand that you are not alone. Job is a book about loss and faith. And the protagonist, Job, he loses everything. His wealth, his home, his children die, his wife leaves him. And he's absolutely broken and crying. It says in Job 2.11, When Job's three friends, Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuite, and Zophar the Namathite, heard about all the troubles that he had come upon him, they set out from their homes and met together by agreement to go and sympathize with him and comfort him. When they saw him from a distance, they could hardly recognize him. And they began to weep aloud. They tore their robes and sprinkled dust on their heads. And then they sat on the ground with him for seven days and seven nights. No one said a word to him because they saw how great his suffering was. Get you some people in your life who are willing to just sit with you silently. You need some friends who you are willing to let them see you in a state where they may not recognize you. You need some people to come around you who are willing to see your brokenness and say, it makes me feel broken too. Let someone in. Going through this season alone is going to lead you to toxic mindsets like anxiety, depression, bitterness. A lot of times our bitterness just comes from the place of thinking no one else understands. We get bitter towards the whole world. and You don't give them a chance. Give somebody else a chance to understand. This is why life group is so important. It's a place where we can build these kind of relationships, where we can take our mask off and say, I'm not okay. I've lost too much in this season. This year has taken too much from me, and I, 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 want, I, I want it back. And I'm sad. And somebody else can hear you and say, you know, I've lost a lot too. Let's just mourn together. Let somebody in. Let someone hear you. Let someone sit with you. And let someone speak life into you. 
Number three, develop discipline. We're going to detox our mindsets by developing some discipline, specifically spiritual discipline. So you've got to spend time working on your relationship with God every single day without missing. You've got you to spend time on your relationship with God every single day without compromise. It needs to be a priority to you. It needs to be a huge priority to you. And you need to make it important for you to pray, journal, study scripture, and worship every single day. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking about stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of their sons and daughters. And this is what we're seeing right now, just like this. People are bitter in spirit because of what they have lost, and we are all taking it out on one another, ready to stone one another, ready to come after one another. And it's causing a pandemic of anxiety and depression and stress and mental pain and bitterness. What did David do? David found strength in the Lord his God. He was surrounded by bitterness, by anger. He became the object of it. He had lost things. He was sad. He was mourning. But David found strength in the Lord his God, and you can too. Isaiah 41.10 says, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God can hold you up. He can give you strength, and he can restore your mind to a place of peace. But you have got to give him the opportunity to do it. You've got to create space for him to strengthen you. So here's what I think. If you don't have one, get a journal. I know journaling is, is lame and, and hard work and it's hard to commit to because it, it takes so much effort. And I know that, I get it. But it is, it is not something that you've got to uh, write pages and pages and pages. You don't have to start it with Dear Diary. I journal almost every day and my journal entries are usually two to three sentences. I don't like to write a whole lot when I journal. But I think it's important for me to connect the scripture with what it's speaking to me. And I just usually write that. I call it the heart of my prayer time that day. What was the one thing I felt God was teaching me or saying to me in that moment? I just write it out. It doesn't have to be long, but it connects you to the one who offers you strength. Get a journal. Pick a reading plan. I use the Bible in One Year app. Um, that you can download for free on your iPhone or uh, a paper one-year Bible. But you can do whatever works for you. Download the YouVersion Bible app, and it's filled with reading plans. There's tons of them. Just pick a plan and read it every day. Then get your journal that you've bought, your spiral notebook. You, money is not a problem here, you guys. Spiral notebooks are like 38 cents, okay? Get a spiral notebook and then soap what you're reading. Soap it. If you don't know what soap is, you're about to, you're about to learn. Scripture. S. Observation, O. Application, A. Prayer. That is straight out of every church in the 1990s. It worked then. It works now. Soap in your journal. Read a couple verses and then make an observation about it. You don't have to be a Bible scholar. Just say what you think it's talking about. And then think about how that might apply to your life. That's called bridging the context. What do you think it, it meant then? And then what do you think it means to you now? How does it apply to you? doesn't have to be a lot. It can be three words. 
And then spend a few minutes in prayer over it. And prayer over other things. And pray. And converse with God. Because relationships are built on communication. I am convinced that you cannot have a toxic mindset and a healthy relationship with God at the same time. So if you want your mind to get right, get your relationship right by working on the basic pillars of any relationship. Communication, intimacy, and presence. Communicate with God by reading His Word. Develop intimacy in constant, real prayer. And spend time in His presence through worship. And then finally, detox your mind. Get in the right mindset by Sabbathing. Sabbath. Number four, Sabbath, Sabbath, Sabbath. We forget the importance of Sabbath. I like to talk about Sabbath because I think Sabbath is important. I need to be reminded of the importance of Sabbath on a regular basis. I think part of the reason that your mind has gotten so toxic is because you are in a state of waiting or a state of worry or a state of anxiety or a state of frustration and you're not taking time to be in a state of worship or a state of rest. See, Sabbath isn't just a day off. It's a day to celebrate your wins and mourn your losses. It's hard to have a good mindset if you're never celebrating your wins. You'll think all you have is losses. And it's hard to move on from those losses if you never take a minute to mourn your losses. That's why God says stop every seven days and Sabbath. And in that Sabbath, take time, celebrate your wins. Mourn your losses. Be grateful for what you have. Mourn for what you haven't got anymore. Sabbath is a day not just to rest, but to rest in God. It's a day of worship. It's doing things that rest your soul. I read a book by John Mark Comer who's got a great name for a pastor, John Mark. I like that. And he wrote a book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And in that book, he tells this story about sailors that were sailing for weeks at a time using crews that were partially consisted of the natives of the Caribbean islands. And at the end of long voyages, these European sailors would jump off the ship ready to go straight to the work ahead of them. But they would often find the native sailors laying about and resting from their journey. And the European guys would say, hey, what are you doing? We got to go. And they would say, before we go on, we need to take time for our souls to catch up with our bodies. I think that's a great illustration for these times. Maybe you spent so much time wondering what's going to happen tomorrow, wandering through this strange season that you haven't given your soul any time to catch up with your body. And that's going to cause you some toxic mindsets. That's going to cause you some poor mental health. That's going to give you some issues. You might need to give yourself time for your soul to catch up to your body. Maybe all the anxiety you feel is just because you need rest. Sabbath is rest and worship. David finds strength in the Lord, and it says in verse 7 that he said to the priest, bring me the ephod. I said we were going to talk about this ephod today. Ephod, if we had a lobby, we'd be selling ephods in the lobby right after. I'm just kidding. We'd give them away, okay? But David says to the priest, bring me the ephod. I need an ephod if I'm going to carry on. 
and the, the priest brings him the ephod and he clothes David in it. And that's the moment where everything changes. That's the moment where he begins to take back what was taken from him, where he begins to be restored in his spirit, restored in his soul, restored in his home. That's the moment where he finds strength in the Lord his God when he clothes himself in the ephod. Do you know what an ephod is? I didn't. I looked it up this week. It's a garment of worship. It's the traditional garment of worship. Worship. A Sabbath is a time to rest and worship. You need to worship. You're going to find strength when you worship. When you allow yourself to stop and rest. You remember that song we just sang a minute ago? I just want you, nothing else. I'm caught up in your presence and I never want to leave. If you can get yourself into that place, if you can get yourself spiritually mentally, emotionally, to a place where you can sing that song and mean it, your soul's going to start to catch up with your body. You're going to begin to allow your mind to reset those toxic mindsets that have been sending you in the wrong direction, that have been sending you to dark places, that have been putting lies in your heart, lies in your head. They're going to start to disappear if you can clothe yourself in a moment of worship. You will find strength and the Lord your God and all that's been taken from you can begin to be restored. Your purpose isn't gone forever. Your hope isn't gone forever. Your peace isn't gone forever. The joy you once felt is not gone forever. You just need to clothe yourself for a moment in his presence. If you could just not expect anything from him for a minute and just be near him, you're just going to see what that does for your soul. You need to give yourself time for your soul to catch up to your body. David took time to worship, to honor God, to connect his soul with the one who made it. And shortly after that, everything that was taken from him was returned. So it's time for us to rest in our Lord, to trust in him, to stop believing the lies of our enemy that are telling us anything differently. It may not always look like you want it to. Your journey ahead may look different than you, than you want it to. But if you're in his presence, it won't matter to you. It's, it's all you need. Worship the Lord your God. Take those thoughts captive. Connect to the power of his Holy Spirit. Just see what starts to happen. We can detox from this season. I don't think this season has to be toxic for you anymore. It's right. We live in a, a really toxic world right now, and it's hard. It's hard to go out there and be in a toxic world right now. But what if instead of being someone who was infected by all the toxicity of the world we're in right now, what if you became a cure for the people in your life, a cure for those around you? What if every person you came into contact with got detoxed just a little bit because of the spirit that was at work in you? because of the joy that was flowing out of you, because of the peace that they could sense in you. I wonder what would happen in your family, in your marriage, what would happen in your workplace, in your neighborhood, in your community. What would happen to a country that seems to be overwhelmed with toxicity if we just carried that spirit everywhere we go? I believe that we were created to exist in a time like this.
You were made for this. You've got what it takes. You have divine power available to you that can demolish these strongholds. So let's use it. If you're watching and you've never entered into a relationship with Jesus and you're tired of the toxicity, you're tired of feeling so tired, you're tired of not knowing where to cling to or what to hold on to, there is good news for you today. All that I've just spoken about, the peace, the goodness of his presence, it is available to you right now for free. All the work has been done. You have already been forgiven. Jesus gave all of himself so that he could have all of you. And all you have to do is accept that. If you're ready to, would you say this prayer with me today? Wherever you are, close your eyes. If you're driving, keep them open. And just repeat this prayer. Heavenly Father, forgive me for trying to do this on my own. Forgive me of my sins. God, I need you. I need you. I just want you. I believe that you've done all that needed to be done to bring me home to you. And so take me home. I commit myself to you. I commit to follow you from this day forward. I am yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Welcome to the family. We're so glad to have you. The Gathering Church podcast is produced by the Gathering Church creative team. Want to get involved? Fill out a connect card online at gatherashville.org Find us on Facebook at The Gathering Church or on Instagram at Gather Asheville.